Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I spent the morning talking with Annika Jank as well as Aubrey Knight from the CU Buffs women's basketball team. Um, and they start playing next Wednesday. They only have two non-conference games before they take on Oregon, um, which if you haven't heard, women's basketball powerhouse, and there are plenty of those in the Pac-12 uh, I'm excited for you guys to get to hear from those two because they're, first of all, just like really good people, but also uh, it's an exciting time for the women's basketball program. You know, there's no guarantees, um, but you see this as kind of one of the defining moments, in my mind, for this program. They've, they've built from really the ground up. They've, they've struggled in the Pac-12, um, but now they kind of have some momentum and some talent and some talent with some experience, and that's why I really think that this is one of the opportunities for CU to really make a name for itself in women's basketball. You know, it, that again, it's no guarantee that it happens, but I guess you'll hear most of this in the conversation. They were so close to winning so many important games. You know, Stanford, the, the two Stanford games, just brutal finishes. And I think in the first one, they're ranked fourth. In the second one, they're ranked seventh. In the first one, uh, the game goes to overtime and they lose. In the second one, there's a turnover on an inbound pass with just a few seconds on the clock in a tie game. And it, it goes to Stanford. They're able to get across half court take a real deep three, and it goes in for the buzzer beater. And it's just heartbreakers. And it was just heartbreaker after heartbreaker after heartbreaker for the Buffs last year. But, you know, they only lost one real piece of the rotation and brought back everybody else, including some really exciting young talent. Um, and, you know, either of those Stanford games could have totally changed the narrative of the season. Uh, they were supposed to go to the WNIT. Uh, obviously, that got canceled. Um but they win, I think, only one of those games. They would have gone to the, uh, like, Women's March Madness um, for the first time in quite a while. Again, they're bringing back so much of that talent. Um, there's so much to like about not just, like, the players on the team, but just the general culture. You can you can tell that it's a healthy program in that way. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow along. Uh, they, they play their first game next week against Western State on Wednesday. Uh, and then they'll be back in action again on Friday. And then the next weekend, they go play Oregon and Oregon State, both of whom spent most of last season ranked in the top 10 in the country. Uh, and 
they're just off and running this year. Uh, so excited to hear, or excited for you guys to hear from Annika Jank and Aubrey Knight. Um, but before we get into that, uh, there is an update on the Buffs football situation, and that is this. Uh, basically, all of the Pac-12 games will go on as we have anticipated, except for the Colorado game against Arizona State, as well as UCLA and Stanford. So Stanford's good to go. Is it UCLA and Stanford? Now I'm starting to get things mixed up. The point is, Stanford's the free team in the Pac-12 that the Buffs could potentially play. I don't think that's going to happen, especially because it's now 4 o'clock on Friday, and that'd be real late to announce a football game. Um, Factor that in with... uh, the fact that they played last week, um, the Buffs maybe don't necessarily want to schedule a game because they have positioned themselves so well. Uh, you'd, you'd like to get the paycheck, the 500000 bucks that you get for playing another game. Um, but at 2-0, and taking on USC next week and what really could, and in my mind should, decide who wins the Pac-12 South you gotta you gotta just rest up and I think that that's what we're going to see um although it was fun to uh read gossip for an hour uh so that's really it on the football side of things uh w- after we hear from uh those two we will be hitting the DraftKings pick of the week running through some of the other Pac-12 action um so stay tuned for that as well uh before we jump in to that interview I have a couple of shout-outs that we need to get through. First of all, Green Mountain Dental Group, uh, which is the presenting sponsor of this podcast, a big reason why this podcast or podcast is possible. Um, we've actually had several DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. Uh, they reach out to us and let us know how great their experience was and thank us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. Uh, and there's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing that from listeners. Uh, so if if you have made the switch to Green Mountain Dental Group, please tell us about your experience and uh, what you're thinking of what's going on over there. Um, and if you didn't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. It's convenient. It's only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. That's uh, a great family-owned dentist. They're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us, uh, and they do great work. The best part, though... If you do schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. uh, And can't turn that down, uh, so make sure you get out there. Uh, Next up, DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 10 is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 11. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried the DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. And Buffs fans, basketball starting this week uh, with the men and women getting in on the action next Wednesday. So make sure you're on DraftKings so that you can make some money off the Buffs' success. 
And if football and basketball aren't for you, don't worry because DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, one more real quick, and then I'll let you guys uh, hear from Annika and Aubrey. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery, another one of our great partners, and this is a great time to be supporting our great local partners. Um, Breckenridge makes so many good beers from the Strawberry Sky to the Vanilla Porter, um, which we call the Vanilla Porter Jr. in honor of Michael Porter Jr., uh, the Avalanche Amber Ale. There's so many great beers that you can check out from Breckenridge Brewery, so make sure you do that. Again, just a great partner of ours and uh if you do want to try one of their beers i recommend honestly i recommend all the fruity beers which may say more about me than which beers are actually good but the strawberry sky mango mosaic just can't miss um and you can get those if you get on the breckenridge brewery website and jump on the beer locator Uh, it'll tell you exactly where you can pick up whatever breckenridge beer you want to try Uh, you can probably find some sort of Breckenridge beer. If you're in Colorado at King Supers or Costco or liquor stores or gas stations or whatever, but if there's one particular one you want to try, or if you're an out-of-state listener uh, who wants to try Breckenridge beers, jump on that beer locator and it'll get you all set up. All right. Uh, well, let's jump in. I'm here with Aubrey Knight and Annika Jank. Uh, from the CU women's basketball team. And we're going to be talking about the season that's starting next weekend or next week, actually on Wednesday. Uh, How excited are you guys to get going? Um, We're really excited. I mean, it's been a long time coming and we didn't even know if we were going to have a season this year. So it seems kind of unreal that we're going to be playing in what, how many days is it? Like less than five, no, like six. It's just crazy. Yeah. And it's like, it's a weird situation too, because you guys have the conference games right away. You know, last year you had like like the 12 and 0 start to the season going through non-conference play. How much confidence did that give you guys having that kind of in your back pocket before you have to start making trips over to like Oregon and Stanford and all the other Pac-12 schools? Uh, I think it helped a lot having like in years past, having like 11 games to prepare, especially for like the young kids, like just getting themselves used to college basketball. So it's like such a difference rather than high school but now this year we only have two games uh to get ready and i think we'll be good we just need to have a better like we've been doing it right now but a more intense mentality at practice from the jump normally we've had two months to prepare for pac 12 and now we only have two games and so we just have to be more intense and intentional at practice huh. yeah so so what has been different about practice this year um i think the intensity has probably been the biggest thing And I mean, the thing about this year is we don't have practice players either, which has been a good thing and a bad thing. I think, I think it it makes us, you know, be a little bit more tired, but it's also that we're getting more in shape faster because we have to do all the reps rather than having like playing against practice boys. 
Um, and it kind of allows us, like, obviously our defense knows our plays because it's our team. And so it kind of allows us to, if someone breaks down our play, what can we do out of it and find a way to score? Because there are teams that are going to scout us and know our plays. And so I think that kind of helps us too and hopefully will help us when we start playing competition. Huh. And, and how does the testing work? Like, how, how much earlier are you guys getting over there for practice? And then what is the process once you get there? Um, okay, so it's actually in the morning. Okay. We get tested in the morning at like between 7.40 and 8.15-ish. And so everyone has to go and get tested then. And uh, you, if you have no news, it's good news. And so far we've had that. Um, and so then if you get no news, then everyone goes to practice and it's just you practice like normal. You don't have to wear masks. You just have to have them on you um, because we're all getting tested. And so it'll be interesting to see how game day works like with the other team. And like when we're on the road, we don't know how that's going to work yet. But like currently right now, it's actually not too bad because it's, I'm in a routine now. And so like every morning you wake up and you walk out of the house, go get tested for COVID. Then you can come back and then start your day. <laughs> um, but it hasn't been too bad. Oh. Yeah. So, so you guys have to like keep them on, even though you don't have to wear them. Yeah. So yeah. we have to wear them like around the building. So when we walk into the building, we have to wear them. And then like, we're supposed to wear them like on the sidelines or like when we're not in drills. Um, and then all of our coaches have to wear them. So we just have to have them around for like, if we're going like off the court kind of thing, but we don't have to wear them like when we're playing against each other, which is really nice. Yeah. That would be tough to do. I would imagine. Um, you also, I heard somebody say that um, during the like pre-actual practice sorts of practices that you guys get to have, uh, you had to split into two different squads and you mm -hmm. couldn't play against each other. Can you guys just like explain what happened there? So basically we were in functional groups. So with Boulder County guidelines, you weren't allowed to have more than, I don't know, I think it was 10 people in one gym or maybe it was eight. I'm yeah. not exactly sure. Number. It was a small number. And so, and we weren't testing every day. So the only reason that we're allowed to all practice together is because we're testing every day. And that's why we don't have to wear a mask either. But when we were playing like this summer and before we started having daily testing, um, we had to, we were getting tested, I think one time a week or two times a week. And so we were in like functional groups and we weren't even allowed to play against each other. So it was basically just like five on O stuff and just like a lot of like individual work, like with you and a coach, just cause like we weren't allowed to play against each other. Cause that like Boulder County wasn't allowing us to just like for safety purposes, obviously. Um, and so it was really weird when we like finally all got to play together cause that hadn't happened since last March and, you know, and we have new players. So it was definitely like a little bit of a delayed in that aspect, but I think that we picked up on it pretty well and it hasn't been detrimental to us, which is good. Huh. And so the groups never changed. Were you guys always like with the same four other people? Essentially it changed once or twice, I think, yeah. but you were basically like, I was always with Aubrey cause she's my roommate. And so like all roommates were together, like, so then like you wouldn't like have to like separate for like COVID reasons and stuff. So it was pretty consistent. They switched it up a few times just to get new faces in the groups. Yeah. Like Coach Jay was trying to do it like with people who tend to hang out with them like more often. So like outside of basketball, like, so obviously Anik and I lived together. So Anik and I would have been together. And then, you know, whoever were more likely to hang out with on the team was kind of what she grouped that in. So like, let's say one of us were to get exposed, you wouldn't be exposing the other functional group kind of thing. So I don't know. Yeah, it was really weird there for a little while. Yeah, it seems like it. Like, like, what does that do for you guys? Like, first of all, like playing five on zero seems like 
it might be like half as valuable as playing actual five on five, but also do you feel like you know each other's games better having spent that much time with the same people playing basketball? I think so. I think it helped us like that and form stronger connection with the people that you're with in your functional group. I think it helped in like, I was with a lot of the freshmen, so I got to form like relationship with them, which was really helpful. It also is like a con of that is like, you don't get a whole team feel of it. It's just a different vibe not being with everybody it was just weird since like we're seniors now basically and so like we've only had team practices and stuff so it was just weird only practicing with like four other people mm-hmm. but it was i think it was good even though it's it's a hard season to be playing basketball right now but it was good huh um what about school you know how, how are classes going when they're all are you guys all online now yeah Wow. So, so it does, do you feel like just overall, is that easier or harder? I like it personally. I don't really (laughs) like it. Um, it's harder for me to like learn at home and like through a computer and a lot of the professors expect the same as if we were in a classroom and it's kind of hard. Cause like, I mean, we're inside literally all day. So like we stay at home for class in the morning and then we go to the gym and then we're inside at the gym and then we leave the gym and it's dark outside. So it's like, you know, it's hard to like kind of have like a normal life feel of even like just getting outside, which kind of is a bummer. Cause like, even you walk to class, you know, then you walk, you know, you have like that little bit. And I think just like, obviously the social aspect of it is like, you're learning through a computer, which is like so much harder, at least for me, it's hard for me to adjust to that, but I mean, got to adjust, right. There's nothing we can really do about it. So. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like what are, what are the toughest classes to take online? Like um, like a lab or like a oh, I always in like a site class right now. I feel like that'd be like so hard. We're like I don't know if you've heard of Proctorial, but like no. it's where they can like monitor your screen and every tab that you're on. They monitor your eye movements and noise in the room, and so like it's even worse than taking a test in a classroom because yeah. they can see like if you look to the right, like what what are you looking at type of thing. So. She has to do proctorial. Now I'm in a different major, so I'm liking it because I get to just stay at home with my dog and just relax. And I have no class on Monday or Friday. So it's a bit of a different look for me. Um, but it definitely sucks for like psychology majors, like iFi. I'm in a lab and that's kind of hard because how are you supposed to do experiments from home? You really can't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the eye movement thing and like monitoring the tabs, that sh- that's just not fair. Like I only took, I, I took one online class when I was in college and all of the answers were just online. Like I can't remember, it was like Quizlet or something just had like all the quizzes and you didn't have to pay any attention. And it's not like school should be that way, but I feel like that seems kind of like an overcorrection to just be like. Yeah, well, it like makes the exams even more stressful, right? So like yeah. I get, I'm like a stressful test taker. So like I get stressed when I'm about to take tests. And so like when I'm in the classroom, at least like I'm in that environment and you know, there's not like, lot of other things going on but like I'm at home and I'm like okay I have to like make sure Annika's not in the room because if they hear any noise behind me they're gonna flag me or like I have to be like paying attention on the screen the entire time I like try and grab my water I'm like okay did they flag me for that like it just adds extra stress it's like not needed when you're taking an exam which I think is really annoying but how my professor wants to do it so (laughs) yeah um let's change gears from COVID a little bit um First of all, how about Aubrey today as a Californian with two in and outs opening in Colorado? How does that make you feel? Today? 
Yeah. Today, yes, they just opened. I know. I mean, I am hyped. That is like one of the biggest things. Like every time I go home, I always go to In-N-Out. You know, it's like a little piece of home here. I'm curious how it's going to be and like how the setup of the In-N-Out is going to be because it's like a very beach theme, like restaurant. And so I'm curious how they're going to do that or if like, you know, it's going to taste different because I'm here and not at home. But I mean, I'm really excited. I love In-N-Out, so... (laughs) So is, is in and out So I've still never tried it. I'm excited to finally have an opinion because it seems like everybody does. But like, is it is it good because it's actually good food or is it good for the price? Because that seems to be the debate. So there's like, you know, people talk about, oh, in and outs overrated. You know, why do you like in and out so much? It's not that good. But I mean, first off, it's like very convenient. Like it's cheap for what you're getting. And it's very simple. Like it's very simple fast food. It's like you get a burger and fries. There's nothing else really there. Right. So like you can't get like all this like fancy stuff. It's like a burger, fries, shake or drink. That's like literally all that's on the menu. Yeah. And so it's like nice and convenient and you know what you're going to get every time. And I like it because it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm used to like going to the beach and like going there, like bringing it to the beach. So it's like a very like beachy type of vibe when I go there. So I don't know how it's going to be in Colorado. I don't know. But a lot of people think that it's overrated, but I don't think that it is. I think it's delicious. (laughs) So you need to get. So my favorite thing is animal style. It's like their secret menu. So when you go order a burger, double, double. So like two patties, animal style. And then I like their fries with animal style. Otherwise they're a bit too like starchy and firm. Mm -hmm. You gotta have some like sauce and like flavor in them. You'll like it. I know you'll like it. I put those in the notes. So we'll make that happen for sure. Um, Back to basketball. Uh, So again, this year you have two warm-up games, not warm-up games, but non-conference games before uh, the, the before you go on the road to Eugene and then Corvallis. Like that's a pretty tough road trip. Do you feel like there's added pressure going into those two games to get off to the right start and, and kind of build the chemistry early? I think there's always some underlying pressure just because it's the beginning of the season and everyone's always like, are we ready? Are we not ready? Stuff like that. But I don't think there, I don't think there really should be too much on like the players or even on the coaches. There always is going to be a little bit, but I think the vibe at practice is pretty nice and like chill and ready to get to work type of thing. It's more of an excitement anticipation for the season, as opposed to like, we have to play super good on these games because we're going to Eugene. I think it's more like do as good as you can to prepare yourself for what's coming ahead. And it's more excitement, anticipation, probably a little bit of anxiety, which always happens at the beginning of the season. But I think it's a good – I like the place that we're in right now. Yeah. And, I mean, we're not the only ones that are, like, only having two games before. You know, it's like all of the other teams in the Pac-12, too. So it's not like we're, like, going in with a disadvantage, um, which I think is, like, something that we have to kind of try and, like, remember. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, we only get two games to repair, but so does Oregon and so does Oregon State. So that why are we – you know – why are we just talking about like that? Like they have the exact same disadvantages we do. So we should come out with like this mindset of like, you know, we are actually a more experienced team technically than Oregon. They lost a lot of players. They have a lot of new players, you know, so they're going to be a different team and we're a different team this year. So we just kind of have to look at it as a new season. It's going to be a, a tough road games like to have as our first Pac-12 games. But I mean, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a fun, a fun trip. Yeah. You mentioned being more experienced, you know, it feels like after last year, I'm so used to thinking of this team as a very young team, you know, and, and you're still like Charlotte out there and there's still Jalen. And, and it's not like it is totally all veterans, but do you guys feel like this is now a team that has played together and is now ready to do what you're capable of doing? 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. And even for the young people like Jalen and Charlotte and um, like those players, I mean, they played a lot of minutes last year. So technically they're only sophomores, but, you know, they've played the same amount of minutes as a lot of veterans out there. So I think that this team is a lot more gelled than we've been in the past. And and we have like leadership for the first time. And I think we just have a lot of pieces there that are kind of contributing into this. And I think that people are going to be really shocked at what we have to perform out there in the Pac-12. Yeah. And you know, the Pac-12 is a tough conference. You know, the, there are so many great basketball programs, and you guys were so close to, to beating so many of them and kind of like joining those ranks. You know, yeah. just, just in the Stanford games alone, the one goes to overtime. The next one, there's the, the buzzer beater. The buzzer that beater, don't remind me. Oh, but, but, but what is that like, having those conflicting feelings? Like last year where you know you're a young team, you know that you're going toe-to-toe with Stanford, ranked fourth in the country but also you lost. I think it gives us confidence knowing that we can literally compete with anybody in the country that we want to. Like last year, aside from like our Oregon games where we like dropped the ball, we were in with, we were in literally every other game. And I think the thing with this year is just trying to push, get over that point. One more possession, one more detail that we missed last year. And I think this year we have the capability and the mental stamina and our team is gelled enough to like come together and do that. Um, I, it gives me confidence, and I know Aubrey confidence that like we we literally almost beat Stanford twice. We almost beat Oregon State twice. We almost beat we beat Arizona. Like we can contend with all these teams. We just have to have the extra push that what the great teams have. And I think this year we can do that. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to details. And like that's one thing that we've kind of lacked in the past. Of like you know every possession matters. And I think that's something that like we and our coaches have really been focusing on this year. I mean because those Stanford games came down to literally one possession. Like it was a one possession game and we would have had both of those, you know? So we're in all of these games. We just have to get over that hump, like Annika said, and push through those one plays and be a more disciplined team because those are the best teams when they're the most disciplined. Yeah. And Annika, you mentioned that you feel like the team is like gelling better now. Why do you think that is? Is it just because of the time that you've spent together now? I think it's a time and I think it's a, everyone's personalities coming together. Like everyone, we have new players, but I think we just all get along and you know how to certain personality, you know, like we don't have any, we don't have much, any drama, any of that. And so we just really all enjoy each other and we enjoy each other's company. We have fun together and we hang out. Like even on off days, we want to hang out with each other, which I think is pretty cool. And in years past, like I, I said this on a zoom call a few weeks ago, like every year, I think we have the best team until it's next year. And this year I actually truly believe that like, this is, the best team that I've been on and I enjoy going to practice I have fun and so every practice we get closer and I just think we're having a really good time we all get along and there's no drama mm-hmm. hmm. um Aubrey uh you, you had some like shoulder issues uh your first couple years in Colorado you know you played the the whole season last year mm-hmm. but do, do you feel like there is another level still like do, do you feel like it, it is now feeling even better than it was last year or was that kind of like you're you're fully back to full health no I mean I feel even like a lot of with my shoulder was a lot of mental toughness and coming back from that I mean I've had two shoulder surgeries and dislocated my shoulder three times which is a lot on the body and also just like me mentally just like understanding that like I can trust my shoulder and trust my body and I think last year was kind of a test run almost for me in that of like, okay, I can play an entire season and be okay. 
And uh, I hadn't had that when I was here. And so, I mean, I think that this year I'm feeling even better and more confident just in my body and my mental state. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that this will be my best year going forward. That's what we least. like to hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Annika, you know, you, your role has changed so much and, and now you're back in the post, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And do you, do you like that? I love it. Um, I like the three, but I'm just more comfortable in the post. Like I've done the post my whole life and it's nice being able to now have guard skills in the post since I got to work on that last year. It's just like my home base is the four. And so last year was just, it's just different playing on the wing. So I was just had to adjust to a whole new position, which is always hard changing positions in basketball when you've done one thing your whole life. And so like, I feel happy to be back at the four and it's nice because now I have some guard skills at the four, which is exciting. I get best of both worlds. Um, is there anybody on the team who has really stuck out to you guys as taking a big step forward from last year to this year? Um, well, I think everyone has made great improvements this year. Um, I'm really proud of how everyone's come along. And I think a lot of people's confidence has grown. Just thinking on top of my head, I know Sila's confidence has grown tremendously. Um, her strength, she's changed her body, the way that she approaches the game. And so I'm really excited to see everyone compete this year. I can go off everybody that's with there last year and who, and see, and like list you how they've improved, but I'm really excited to see Sila. Jalen has improved a lot with like her vocalness. Charlotte's looking good. Peanut, my, I mean, literally everyone has improved. And so I'm excited to see how everyone does and comes together this year. Huh. I'm curious how you guys feel about uh, Jalen being more vocal because, you know, last year she's a freshman. Now you two are upperclassmen and she's only a sophomore, but now her job is kind of as the point guard to come up and, and take on more of a leadership role. What's that like for you guys as upperclassmen to allow her to do that? I mean, I think it's really awesome to see her like blossoming in that and like kind of finding her own voice. I mean, she's still young and she has a lot of room to grow in that, which I think is really awesome. But just kind of like seeing her step out of her boundary just in one year. Right. So like she's a different player last year than she was as she is this year, just in the vocal aspect alone. You know, she's taking control of that leadership and she's worked a lot on it, like offseason working with the coaches and stuff like that. And so I think it's really going to be exciting to see how she portrays that into like an actual game and how that uplifts our team as our point guard. Yeah. And, you know, it seemed like last year when things were going well for the team, she was generally playing her best basketball, which, I mean, makes sense because she's the point guard and a lot of things run through her. But what do you guys want to see out of her more this year on top of just being more vocal? Um, I think, obviously, her continued vocal presence and finding, like, she's really good at dishing, drawing and dishing, using her speed to her advantage. She can basically be every guard in the back 12 because of her speed alone um and so she's worked on her shot a lot this year so i'm excited to see her use her outside game more and her pull-up jumper more than she did last year since she's tremendously better at shooting like you wouldn't even notice a difference and so see it like you wouldn't even i don't know what the phrase is but she's so much better <laughs> for shooting um and i don't know just lockdown on defense she's a great defender so don't let any just have that lockdown mentality no not letting anybody go by her um she's a lot of skills this year that she she had last year but she's developed into great skills now and so i'm excited to see them shine on the court all right um you know we talked a lot about those stanford games but there was also the ucla game where you guys were down 25 points in the third quarter and made it all the way back and had a shot at the end to send it to overtime 
you know, it, it wasn't just those two other games where you guys almost took down like one of the real big dogs in the Pac-12. Is there is there an opponent on the schedule this year? And I know it's like one game at a time. You have to focus on who's next. But is there somebody who you're excited to see again this year and, and try to beat again this year? I would say for sure Stanford. Huh. I mean, I'm really excited to see Stanford again. I think that we match up really well against them, and I'm curious to see what team they have this year. But I think those two games last year were the most heartbreaking games, at least for me, and I think mm-hmm. for a lot of our teammates, you know. Um, they're one of their rank. I think they're projected to be number two in the country this year. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really excited to see them and see what our team can put out this year against them. Cause you know, I think that we all really want to beat them considering the situations that we had last year with both of those games, especially the last one, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the game that I'm really excited for. I mean, I'm excited for all of them, but obviously, you know, getting to compete against Stanford again. Yeah. It- it seems like if you, if you like follow sports, a, a lot of people talk about like learning how to win. Do you think that there's anything to that? I think there is. I think everyone knows, like everyone wants to win. It's knowing how to win, I think is like the difference between good and great teams. And it's obviously learning how to win is like what I was talking about before, like details, discipline, communication, like the things you don't really think about. Like, obviously, if you're making all your shots, yeah, that helps. But like most of the time, no one's going to go 10 for 10 from the line. And so what is the difference between winning and losing is the details, like making sure you're forcing corner on defense, getting o- like getting O-boards, boxing out, just all the details, I think, is really how you can win in this league because it's like every game is a dog fight. And so everything is down to a possession. And so you really have to focus on the details in order to come ahead and win. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think a lot of that also comes with confidence is, you know, I mean, in the past we've had really young team and we didn't really know going into the Pac-12 that confidence of winning or confidence, knowing that we can compete with these teams. And so I think you have to go into the game with a certain mindset of like, we are going to win this game and we will do everything we can to the last possession to win this game. You know, if you go in like, Oh, well, they're really good. Oh, they're ranked this, you know, which has happened in the past because we have what like last year we had what six teams that were ranked in the yeah. top 25 yeah so it's it's easy to go into those games and be like oh they're a ranked team like you know we'll do our best but I think it's flipping that mindset of you know we will go into this game and we you know when you play Colorado you know you're playing Colorado you know kind of turning taking the control in those situations have has being in so many of those close games with really good teams like does that fire you guys up more for the season like do you think that that kind of pushes the team at all through practices yeah for sure that's always in the back of our mind like like literally every practice or like at least some most practices we like go over like late game situations and everyone's head is like that happened at Stanford and so like it's still in people's heads about like what happened and this thing is engraved honestly and so I think it's just giving us extra motivation more than we already have to get on the floor Mm -hmm. All right. Um, before we get out of here, um, what do you guys miss the most about just having like the world open? Like, is it like being able to go out to eat or like going to class or like Annika, like being able to be in those like buffs compliance videos or whatever? Like, what is the one yeah, thing? I, you really miss? <laughs> I know I, I could tell. <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, I think like a lot of the hardest things is like the social engagement aspects of it all. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's hard just like going to class and just going and playing basketball. Like that's really hard on the mental health and just like your body in general. You know, it's nice to have like those other outlets, whether that's, you know, going out to eat with your friends or doing these other things or even just, you know, being able to hang out as a whole team. Like we're not really allowed to do that due to Boulder County guidelines, right? You're only supposed to be in groups of, I don't even know, like not very many. Oh, within your own family. Yeah, like within your own house, you know, so it's even like those, like being able to hang out with the team, you know, going out, doing just doing anything fun in those aspects has been, it's been hard. Yeah, I, Yeah, that's probably it for me too. I was into the social part of it and like getting the connection with the other athletes because I've enjoyed like hanging out with other people on different mm-hmm. sports teams, but like you can't do that now because one, like we're at an age where everyone's not the wisest. And so like, you don't know where anyone has been and what they're doing mm-hmm. and you can't really hang out in common areas right now because of COVID and we have a season coming up. So we're trying to like stay low. So like nothing happens. And so I've missed like the connection with the other student athletes for yeah. sure. But so far you guys, at least for your team, you haven't had any troubles with COVID. Have you? Mm-mm, no, we've been pretty good. I mean, we've been really disciplined with it. I think that cause we understand that like we get to play and a lot of other teams aren't being able to play right now. And so we're not, you know, trying not to take that for granted, you know, and, and sticking to like Boulder County says and like what our coaches want and kind of just, you know, being as safe as we can, you know, obviously things are going to happen and I'm sure they will happen at some point, but just trying to be as, as safe as we can and follow the rules as best as possible. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it. I think we're out of time. You guys have some more things to do today, but I really appreciate both of you uh, joining me to talk about the season. Of course. course. Thank you. Cool. Awesome hearing from those two. Hopefully we'll do it again at some point during the season. Um, And hopefully they win a bunch of basketball games because I'm of the belief that the more teams that I can justify, like spending time watching the better. And I think that this, might be uh, one to really keep an eye on. We'll be staying up to date with the women and, of course, with the men as well uh, throughout the season. So stay tuned to future podcasts to hear what's going on. All right. Uh, Like I said, before we get out of here, we want to do the DraftKings pick of the week. But before we do that, let's talk about Strava Craft Coffee. So Strava is CBD-infused coffee, which means that You'll get the, I don't even know what you call those sort of benefits. Are they medical benefits? I'm not really sure if CBD counts as medicine. Um, I don't know what you call that. But uh, the, the point is, if you have back pain or you have anxiety or something like that, CBD could help. CBD has helped a lot of people, and Strava Craft Coffee in particular uh, has really changed the game for a lot of people. So if you're looking for another and a natural way to take away whatever may be ailing you, or if you're just looking for really good coffee, Strava Craft Coffee might be for you. Uh, If you're in the uh, area, uh, you can stop by the DNVR bar at York and Colfax and try Strava's Incredible Cold Brew. Uh, The bar will actually be closing for the final time in like six hours, so not not final time, I guess, but the final time for the foreseeable future until COVID stops, which let's not dig into that. But, uh... If you're listening to this and need a copy, you can stop by there like right now. Otherwise, you can go to the Strava Craft website and save yourself 20% off your first order using code DNVR20 or take advantage of this awesome deal. 
if you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and, and they'll deliver your coffee to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, uh, it can be whole beans or grounds or K-cups. You get to make your pick. Uh, you'll actually get 20% off any product that you're subscribing to. Uh, you don't have to like deal with ordering new coffee or running out of coffee. You know, coffee is just one of those things that's a daily part of a lot of people's lives. And it's just something you won't have to think about again because if you subscribe, again, you get to pick two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. It'll just show up at your doorstep, making it really convenient for you. Um, you can also try it at the Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, Max Market. There are so many places where you can check it out, but just make sure you do because it really has helped a lot of people. Um, and if, if you're one of the people who has uh, had success through Strava Craft Coffee, again, let us know. We love to hear that kind of stuff. Um, again, it's code DNVR20 to get 20% off your first order or subscribe and save 20% off of every order. Okay. Uh, DraftKings pick of the week. You know, this one sucks because I feel like we've been getting some easy money on the buffs winning, but the buffs aren't playing anymore. Um, so, well, I mean, there's still an outside chance they could schedule Stanford, but that would come as a huge surprise to me. Running through these other Pac-12 games, though, which we've also done pretty well on, uh, the first one of the day... We'll actually be two at the same time, but we'll start with UCLA and Oregon. That's a 1.30 kickoff mountain time on ESPN2. <sighs> it's, it's really tough to make a read on this one. So Oregon is a 17-point favorite at home against UCLA. And if I'm being honest, I, I think that Oregon covers that. But UCLA looked just a little bit frisky last week, and we don't know what that Buffs team that they lost to is really all about. You know, I, I still think that UCLA is one of the bottom-tier teams in the Pac-12. Oregon, of course, is like the, the favorite to win the Pac-12. <sighs> is it a 17-point gap, though? I'm not sure. Um, looking back, Oregon beat Washington State on the road by 14. They beat Stanford at home by 21, hovering right around that line. With UCLA being pretty comparable, I think, to Stanford. You know, very different team, of course, in the way that they score. Stanford's like more conservative and more like this machine, whereas UCLA just gets little spurts of points. You know, they'll have like a couple of 60-yard touchdowns and then not do anything else all game. It, this is one that I'd probably stay away from, um, but I would lean UCLA with the points. I just think that's too much to give up, um, especially when you are going up against a, a young, inexperienced quarterback in Tyler Schuff. Um, same time, 1.30, Cal is going to play at Oregon State. Cal favored by three. I think this one should be a pick em. Um I, 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 Cal, in theory, is the better football team. The head coach, Justin Wilcox, has gotten a whole lot of credit for what he's built there at Cal the winning really hasn't translated all that much. And that's what we saw in week one um, when I guess they didn't play, but in their first game when they played uh, UCLA lost 34 to 10. And you know, this is what makes betting on the PAC 12 so hard is that you're not putting teams on an even playing field. You know, how much credit does UCLA get for beating Cal by 24 points 
when Cal is playing its first game and UCLA has a game under its belt. I'm not sure how much that's worth. So again, another tough one to pick. I take Oregon State in this one. I think that Jamar Jefferson with that running game is going to be tough to stop, and I think that they have enough exciting pieces around um, that maybe they can't get past the whole like Cal team aspect. Uh, Jamar Jefferson is just something special, and with those three points, I think at the very least you're going to be right in it until the end. Um, Next up, Arizona at Washington. Washington favored by 11. (sighs) I mean, Washington is the better football team. I'm going. I'm going to take Arizona with the points, though. Um, again, Washington only beat Oregon State by six, and I think that Oregon State, Cal, maybe Arizona is pretty close to that same tier, and so eleven points is just too much. You know, they played USC to a four-point game last week. Now that was at home, but. With Grant Canell at quarterback, I, I really think that there's a lot to like for the future. Whether they're ready to do much now, eh, we'll see. Uh, I should also say Gary Brightwell was like a favorite on this podcast heading into the season. He looked good last week. I'm going to ride with the Wildcats with the points on that one. And uh, let's see, where is... There it is. Uh, USC at Utah. USC only favored by three points. I think if you bet on one game this weekend, this should be the one. USC, sure, they haven't looked like a top 20 team. They've they've played in some close games. They, they had some nice breaks late against Arizona State after the numbers said, like, this isn't going to happen. You know, there just isn't enough time on the clock to come back and win this game. They blew it. Um, but they did. Onside kick helped. Some fluky other stuff helped. Um, still, they won the game against an underrated Arizona State team. I think that if Arizona State had been healthy enough to play last week, people would have seen just how good that team is, and that would have moved this line. I think USC would have gotten just a little bit more credit for that win, um, and I think that USC does deserve that credit for that win, as well as the win last week against Arizona. And again, Utah playing its first game of the season still likely dealing with some fallouts of the COVID outbreak, although obviously it's gotten in shape enough for them to play. They're down their starting quarterback from last year, down their starting running back from last year, who's now in the NFL and succeeding, and they're down basically their entire starting defense. I, I think it's it's at least nine starters gone, but I think they might have lost all of them, actually. Um and, and many of them having success in the NFL. Like, it's not like they're replacing guys who didn't do much. Um, I think that USC maybe doesn't blow Utah out in this one, although I do think that that is very much on the table. Um, but at the very least, they should be able to cover three points um, against this Utah team that may be the worst team they've played so far. You know, it's close between Utah and Arizona. I'm uh, I'm all in on USC. All right, DraftKings pick of the week was actually five picks, but we're going to go with it. Um, shout out to them for everything they do to make this podcast possible as well. And that's going to do it for today. Uh, I'll be back at some point, probably not until Monday, unless something crazy happens over the weekend. Um, 
obviously no post game show this week because there's no game which just sucks it would be a lot of fun to see these guys play um but hopefully you guys will enjoy some of this other pack 12 stuff and enjoy making some money as well uh and i'll see you soon i think they like my colorado sway because when i'm in it play i don't really i don't really know just how to act and when i'm in it go you know i'm acting bad holly get a bus with my colorado sway my colorado sway my colorado sway Patiently awaiting When I hit the field It's so hard to behave I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd Do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya Hit ya You on your own now Why you watching the official You just better hope you make it to the next whistle And we ain't playing with you You can get it anytime It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the line My Colorado swag in the middle